Well, good morning. Such a wonderful time to greet one another. Isn't it fun? Yeah, yeah. Um, our passage of scripture for this morning is found in Exodus chapter 14. And you may look at it on page 43 of your, sorry, 53 of your pew Bible. And we're going to read the whole thing. It's one of those times I just love the story. And I think we need to read the whole thing. So we're going to read the whole thing. All right? <laughs> All right. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pi Hahiroth between Migdol and the sea in front of Baal Zephon. You shall camp opposite it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has closed in on them. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them so that I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and over all his army. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the minds of Pharaoh and his officials were changed toward the people. And they said, what have we done letting Israel leave our service? So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out boldly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his chariot drivers and his army. They overtook them and found them camped by the sea by Pi Hahiroth in front of Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back. And there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you lift your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry land. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his chariot drivers. The angel of the Lord who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness and it lit up the night. No one, 
excuse me, one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hands over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. And this is the word of the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Isn't it powerful? Uh, (laughs) Let us pray. Father, we are so thankful, Lord, that you are able to cause our enemies to be tossed by the very water that we walk through fearlessly. Father, we are so thankful that you are a powerful God. No man can stand against you. We thank you, dear God, that you are a God who calls us to walk in freedom. And so we pray, Lord, that as we look at your word this morning, Lord, if there are places in our lives where we are not walking and living in the freedom that you so graciously supply, would you show us, oh God? Would you empower us to live the way you've called us to live? And would you speak to the inner recesses of our hearts that which you have to speak to us today? We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and give you thanks. Amen. As we pick up the story of the Exodus, the Israelites are camped in front of the sea. God has given Moses specific instructions that this is where they are to camp. His reason for this is that he wants to get glory for himself over Pharaoh. God knows what is in the heart of Pharaoh. He knows that as long as Pharaoh is alive, the Israelites will never truly be free. So he uses them as bait to draw Pharaoh and his army out. And true to form, Pharaoh comes after them and catches up to them exactly where God instructed them to be. I want to be exactly where God instructs me to be. Think about this for a moment from the Israelites' point of view. 
after 430 years, they have finally been set free. They have been enslaved for so long that they have no idea what freedom is. Can you imagine what it feels like to be free after 430 years? Generation after generation of Israelites had been born into slavery. It was all they had ever known. They had never known freedom. Maybe they'd heard about it from their ancestors, but after a while, those stories lose their potency. They began to think that this was all there was. You will die a slave. They secretly hoped that their children would have a better life, but they didn't see much hope of it ever happening. And one day, a man comes and says that God has sent him to set them free. Did they believe him? Would you believe him? Of course not. He's a raving lunatic. How is he going to set you free? What match is he for Pharaoh's army? But you have watched the plagues that God has sent on your captors, one after another. And finally, you begin to believe that you really could be free. And one day it happens. You really are free. It's unbelievable, really. There is an excitement that is palpable. God really has not forgotten you. And all of you march out boldly. You now believe in this God that you have heard stories about. You take the first breath of free air. And then Moses leads you all to a place to camp by the sea. It is beautiful. You are just enjoying being out from underneath the hands of your oppressors. But before you can become accustomed to your freedom, someone yells out, Pharaoh and his men are fast approaching. It seems like a cruel joke. You thought you were free. You knew you couldn't trust this guy. Now he's gotten you into a horrible predicament. You and your loved ones will either be killed or dragged back into slavery and severely punished. You know, I think we forget what this whole scenario must have felt like to the Israelites. We have the benefit of being able to see the whole story. But all they could see was what was immediately before them. And one thing about freedom we must remember is that it often comes in stages. Just because the Israelites were out of Egypt, that doesn't mean that they were totally free. Sometimes just being free from the immediacy of our situation is just the beginning. And God knew that. He knew that the Israelites needed to be completely free. And part of their freedom would come from seeing him gain victory over the Egyptians. In addition, it was God's plan to gain glory over Pharaoh and the Egyptians so that all the Egyptians would know that he was the Lord. So what better bait could he use than the Israelites? He could have had them camp somewhere else where they weren't such a huge target. He could have had them immediately cross the sea rather than camp in front of it. But that was not his plan. And when God is leading us into freedom, we have to trust him and trust his plan completely. Amen? In addition to the Israelites, my mind can't help but think to go to Moses. 
Can you imagine what he was experiencing? We're told in chapter 12 that the Israelites were comprised of 600,000 men, not including women and children. In addition, a mixed multitude of people also went up out of Egypt with them. So this was not a small group of people. And all of a sudden, all of those voices that you are leading turn against you. You can't quite make out all of them because they are shouting all at the same time. But you can hear some of them. Why didn't you just leave us alone? We were fine without you. We liked where we were. Was this your plan all along or did you even have a plan? Well, I never trusted them in the first place. Why didn't we keep moving? Why did we come this way? We're going to die out here. What are we going to do now? We told you we were okay serving the Egyptians. This isn't what we wanted. Now, these are probably just a few of the accusations that were hurled at Moses that day. Can you imagine the kind of angry words that were hurled at him from an entire nation of angry men, women, and children? And in addition to the insults, he could see their faces, loud voices, and angry, furious faces. Thousands of fingers being pointed, and they all were pointing at him. An entire nation was panicking and having a meltdown and blaming him for their fate. On top of that, the Egyptians were advancing. With every moment, they were getting closer and closer. He could hear the chariots and the horse hooves and see the dust. How did he end up in this predicament? He didn't ask for this assignment. God had come looking for him. He had simply obeyed and stepped out to do what God had called him to do. And this is what he got for all his trouble. What we see here is often what happens when freedom confronts familiarity. At the first sign of trouble, all our fears come to the surface. Let's be clear. Freedom is hard. It's not easy by any means. And freedom doesn't mean the absence of fear. It doesn't mean the absence of challenge. In many cases, it means just those things. It's not easy to walk out your freedom. The very thing that you are trying to escape will hunt you down (laughs) and attempt to drag you back kicking and screaming whether it's a person or a thing that's what makes bondage so difficult to escape the thing that you were bound to continues to seek you out continues to call your name continues to entice you continues to threaten you continues to seek to exercise control over you and at some point there must be a confrontation can you bring me that water if you don't mind (coughs) that is the point that the israelites are at in this passage Thank you. 
God is confronting their enemy. God is about to show Pharaoh who really is the boss. But like us, they can't see that. All they can see is the approaching source of their bondage. All they know is that in their own strength, they are helpless to overcome them. All they can think about is what they have known, and in the face of impending doom, what they have known begins to look better and better. And like many of us, at the first sign of trouble, the Israelites want to return to what is familiar and forget all about freedom. Let's just be safe. But in reality, they really weren't safe. Being enslaved to the Egyptians was horrible. They worked long days. They were beaten and mistreated. Their children were even killed. They hated it. They were the ones who cried out to God to rescue them in the first place. And now, at the sign of trouble, they want to return to that. I don't think so. I think out of fear, they want the security of the familiar. You see, in Egypt, everything was predictable. They knew what to expect. They knew what to do and what not to do. And if they did what was expected, they would at the very least survive to see another day. There is security in the familiar, but it's not the kind of security that God wants for us. Our security should always be anchored in him. You see, the familiar is often the enemy of freedom. To walk in freedom requires taking a risk. There has to be something within you that values the risk more than the security of the familiar. There has to be something in you that knows that when your time has come to be free, you have to step out and walk into something new. There has to be something inside of you that trusts God so much that when he calls you out, you know that he won't abandon you. You know that he won't trick you, but that he will see you through to the end. In short, freedom requires faith. Just like Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you can see it, then faith probably is not required. We can't always see where the journey of freedom is leading. Moses knew what God had told him. The Israelites knew what Moses had subsequently told them, but they couldn't see it. They just had to believe it. They had to step out in faith, believing that God would be true to his promises. That's what the journey to freedom is. In essence, it's a journey of faith. Are you walking in faith or fear? If you're walking in fear, you're probably also walking in the familiar. When I think of Moses, I can't help but think of another Moses, Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman is perhaps the most well-known of all the Underground Railroad conductors. During a 10-year span, she made 19 trips into the South and escorted over 300 slaves to freedom. There are many quotes that are attributed to her, but I want to share one with you that expresses her personal experience. I grew up like a neglected weed, ignorant of liberty, having no experience of it. Amen. I grew up like a neglected weed, ignorant of liberty, 
having no experience of it. Harriet didn't know what it was like to be free. Can you imagine? She didn't know what freedom felt like, yet she craved it insatiably. She knew she deserved to be free. She knew when the time came for her to walk her freedom out, literally. And she didn't just get it for herself. She came back and led hundreds of others to freedom. And every time she came back, she took a risk. She risked her own enslavement and death, pursuing freedom for everyone else. Why? Because once she experienced it, she wanted it for everyone. And the same goes for us. Once you are free, as talented as your journey may be, you want it for everyone. You become a walking advertisement for freedom. You want everybody to know that freedom from bondage is attainable. No, it's not easy. No, it didn't happen overnight. Yes, it may be dangerous, but if you are trusting God, you entrust even the danger to him. So my question for you today is where are you living? Where are you living? Are you living in Egypt or are you on your way to the promised land? Are you looking backward at your bondage or forward to your freedom? Are you complaining about where you are or rejoicing about what you left behind? Are you doubting God or trusting him and where he wants to take you? Are you fearing your captors or faithfully pursuing your God? And if you are already free, who have you gone back to rescue? Who owes their freedom to the fact that you came back for them and led them out? And finally, are you bathing in the familiar or basking in freedom? These are serious, serious questions that we all need to ask ourselves if we are serious about walking in freedom. Freedom isn't easy. In fact, it's hard but it's worth everything you have to experience to get it. The Israelites found that out. Moses lifted his arm and God parted the sea. They got to walk through on dry ground. You don't experience miracles if you stay in the familiar. You don't get to feel the dry ground beneath your feet. You don't get to see the water stand at attention before the one who created them. You don't get to the other side. In fact, you don't even know that there is another side. You don't get to see God triumph over your enemies. You don't get to see him make a distinction between you and them. The Israelites saw the same waters that God parted for them swallow up their enemies. They got to see God be true to his promises. You don't get to see this if you don't walk in freedom. You get to stay in familiar. You don't get to live in freedom. You don't get to see your children live in freedom if you stay in familiar. You don't get to see God move. You don't get to see God miraculously provide for you. You don't get to the promised land to enjoy all that God has planned for you. I want to leave you with one more inspirational quote from Harriet Tubman. 
And this is the one I got to find a place to post on any wall in my house. If you hear the dogs, keep going. (laughs) If you see the torches in the woods, keep going. If they're shouting after you, keep going. Don't ever stop. Keep going. If you want a taste of freedom, keep going. I love that. I love that. All you need is a taste of freedom, and you'll never go back. Yes, freedom is hard, but it's worth it. Yes, it's risky, but it's worth it. Put your faith in freedom, not in the familiar. Don't ever let anyone tempt you to remain in familiar. If you do, you will miss all the wonderful things that God has in store for you. Amen.